going to be looking at verse 10 this morning, but I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. It says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Boy, I tell you, that's hard. Those words right there in verse 10, those are hard to, those are hard to live, are they not? I mean, let's just be honest. That, that's hard. But, you know, the Apostle Paul, what he went through, you know, often how short my memory is and I need to dwell more on all the things he went through when, when I and we and us are going through problems, you know. I mean, because if he endured, you know good and well, I mean, God's word says that the Lord will give us whatever we need to get through whatever it is that comes our way. So that he sends our way, I should say. Things don't just come our way. He sends them our way. And um, so in verse 10, I thought about how it's, it's the reliance on the grace of God that makes all the difference. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to is, is our reliance on the grace of God. And, you know, for the, if you think about people that, and we've seen folks here in the church go through things, and, and I'm sure, you know, hard things. And some folks probably are going through some things right now that maybe are hard. And we don't, you know, some things we know of, some things we don't. You know, we don't have to know about all these things. But the thing I thought about as you, as you think about this verse is the fact that, you know, even for the faithful, focused believer, you know, there's something that the unbeliever and the lost person doesn't have. And that's strength, number one, in Christ. But there's peace and joy that only comes through God's grace. You know, I mean, there's, there, there, I mean, it's the only place it comes from. You know, I mean, no other place. And those without Christ, those who refuse Christ, you think they have, they have no avenue, they have no source, they have no relief from sickness, from troubles, from problems, and they say, well, I'm doing okay. They truly, they have no relief at, in, terms of, in terms of how the believer does because they don't have Christ. They don't have God's grace. They don't have the peace. They don't have the joy. And even, you know, people want to, our world, I'm not even going there, but I'll just use the word man's philosophy, okay? Man's thoughts, man's, all a man's helps in the world can't do anything. They cannot bring joy, okay? They can't bring joy in dark times. They can't, you know, when, it, when we're going through dark times, painful times, hard times, man's philosophy, picking up a book and reading something that just some man wrote is not going to give you the peace and the joy and the strength and the help that you need compared to what God's grace and God's peace is. I mean, there is no comparison. I mean, there is no comparison. And to me, that's what Paul's trying to get across to us. And all this, probably this whole chapter, this whole book, really, in 2 Corinthians, maybe everything he even wrote, he makes mention numerous times in every book that he wrote about his strength is in Christ, not in himself. And again, to have strength in Christ, we got to be saved, okay? If you don't have him in your heart, then you don't have him, okay? You don't have his peace. You don't have his joy. You don't have his power. You don't have access to it. I mean, that's just how it is. And people that don't have it, that, 
I don't know how they get through. I really don't, I don't know how they get through life, even just, just the life that's around us today. And you can tell by the things that are going on that they're not. Okay, there's a lot of folks aren't getting through it. But anyway, the things of this world, I mean, even money. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of folks got a lot of money in this day and age, okay? I mean, it's evident. And, but even that, it's not, going to, it, it's not going to do anything for somebody who's truly in distress or somebody who's suffering. That money is not going to do anybody a bit of good. Not a lick of good, none, none. And you say, well, they can buy this. They can buy whatever they want, but that's not going to change their situation, and that's not going to give them any relief from their situation. So, but Christ... The grace of God, Christ in us, he's the one that provides the peace and the assurance that nothing else is going to provide. And to me, that's exactly what, what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us here in verse 10. He says, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. That's what he's telling us. So, you know, I, I, uh, I thought about 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, when I, was, when I was trying to study this. And it says, Peter says... That's not it. Hang on. I'll get my other mark here. Just flip back there. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says this. He says, Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, to me, when... I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, when we're going through the hard times, we got to look to him. we got to see him. We, I mean, he's in us, but we got to see him, and we gotta, we got to lean on him. we got to rely upon him. And uh, I thought, you know, God knows exactly where we are and what we need. You know, I mean, and you think for us, you know, as believers, we know the source. And, you know, we talked about this last week, but I... Uh, I had to, I went out to the tent revival Thursday night, and, and God knows, okay, just, I'll just share this with you, and, and I'll move on, but Brother Kevin Jennings, he preached on, here in First Peter, he preached on verses in chapter 1, um, verses 3 through 7, and he's talking about trials, that's what he preached on, trials, faith, trust, his, his whole message was on faith and trust, and then you know, God knows what we need when we need it. And, uh, but uh, it, it was, like I said, I'll just let it go with that. He knows exactly where we are. He knows what we need. And, uh, but, uh, all right. Anybody have, a, anybody have a, anything to add there for? Amen. I do too, Wendell. I do too. Every second of every minute of every day. I mean, truthfully. All right. Let's look at verses 11 through 13. Paul said, I am become a fool in glorying, ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. And I tell you, in, in verse 11, I think we can see Paul's frustration with the Corinthian church, okay? But there's something else we can see here, too, if we, if we look, I think. And that's, we can see 
the ignorance of man. Okay? I mean, truly, we can see the ignorance of man. because, And the reason I say that is because instead of Paul justifying, you know, he, he says here, let me back up. He says, I'm become a fool in glory, you have compelled me. Now listen to what he says. For I ought not to have committed, commi- let me stop there for a minute. For I ought to have been commended of you. You know, I mean, that kind of tells you right there that they were not giving him the respect and the gratitude that they should have been given to him. I mean, and, and are we not kind of that way? I mean, kind of like we take the good, but sometimes we, we're not probably as thankful for all the good things that he does for us, maybe, if that makes sense. But he says, you ought, I ought to have been commended. In other words, he thought, you know, they should have. He wouldn't have been talking about this if he wasn't having the issue with the people that had been saved and then turned and, and, and gone and followed the false teachers that had come along after the fact, you know, I mean, I think how how critical it is that we got to be. We it's so important to be grounded. I mean, we got to be in God's word. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, that's the only thing that's that's going to keep us from going in the wrong direction. I mean, because there's way too much stuff that floating around that will just get us in a minute and get us off track. I mean, it's. In, I'm telling you, it's 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 the truth. So. But he says, in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. He's, he's talking about himself, but at the same time, he said it numerous times throughout these last few chapters. He didn't want to be talking about himself. But he was having to justify himself because of the, I'm just going to say it again, the ignorance of man. These were people who were in the church. Keep in mind, well, some of them, I, I don't know, some of them maybe were in the church, but needless to say, they weren't saved. Okay, I'll put it that way. But... So he goes on and he, and he says that uh, instead of Paul justifying his apostleship to them, the people, like I said, should have been thanking him for his preaching and for him bringing the gospel to them. I mean, so he says, all of us called by God, um, real apostles, okay? You know, real apostles, you know, are, are, are equal. And he, and he says, we all preach the gospel. And he goes on in verse 12 and he says, he tells them they've seen the signs and wonders. He says right there in verse 12, truly the signs of an apostle will rout among you. I mean, he said, he, I mean, he's telling them, I've lived before you, and if you know anything about the word of God, you should know that I'm not a fake. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. You ought to know I am what I say I am. So, like I said, he goes on and he says, you've seen the signs and, the signs and wonders as evidence of Paul's calling. And... Can you envision the level of frustration that Paul must have felt with some of these people? I mean, you know, it was just, I mean, not alone, not alone just the, the believers who had turned, but the ones that just continually just kept at the things that they were saying, which were wrong, which were false. But, you know, I, I thought about that comment he makes about the signs and the wonders. And we know the apostles were given extraordinary power. Okay, from God to do the things that they were supposed to do, that, that they needed to do, I'm sorry, at the time they lived. But you know, I thought about what about today? What do people, where, what is there that people can see that's going to help them understand who Christ really is? Anybody? We're sitting here, we're sitting in it. The church, right? The church. Right? I mean, that's, to me, the church is the symbol, okay, if I can say it that way, 
I mean, the church, the body of, of born-again believers, I mean, we're the, only one, we're the only thing that most lost people maybe ever see. Well, probably all lost people ever see. Okay, I don't know too many lost people that I hope they come to church, but probably not, right? Not very often, maybe, anyway. But we're the only thing that most lost people can see as a picture of Christ. And, and Paul was saying, the reason I'm saying that is, Paul was saying, look, I've lived before you. I've preached the gospel. I've, I've, I've lived it. I've, you've seen the things I've, I'm able to do, the power that God's given to me. Well, you know what I thought? In today's world that we're living in, God's power hadn't changed. God still has the same power he's always had. It's up to the church, the body of believers, and I'm not saying we have the power that the apostles have. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are to be that witness. We're to be that, that, that sign, that picture that they can see, that life that they can see that says, you know what, maybe there is something about this man named Jesus. I mean, and to me, that's, that's important. I mean, how important it is that we gather together on Sunday and Wednesday. How important it is that we witness, you know, and I fail miserably here. You know, I tell you, I, y'all pray for me because, I, you know, I ask the Lord to help me witness, and then there's so many times, I'm not saying I don't ever witness, but there's so many times that I miss opportunities that he's given to me, you know, and I hate that, and I hate that, and I, and I, need, to, I need to do better. But, um, like I said, how important it is that we witness because I immediately... As I was studying this, I thought about 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. I mean, they got, you know, I mean, it's great that I come to church. I mean, I'm thankful that God's called me to, to, to try to serve him. But you know what? If that's the only thing I do, and people never, my family, my friends, my neighbors, whatever, never, they don't have a clue that I'm saved. I haven't fulfilled everything that he wants me to do. I mean, we got to be, we got to, people got to see. They got to see us. And uh, so, but anyway, so we think about that. And um, then, of course, we come down here and he says in verse 13, he says, For what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches, except I be that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now, what he's talking about here is the fact that. He didn't take money for preaching and serving the Corinthian church. He didn't take money from the church. There was other churches that were giving him money, supporting him. And plus, Paul was working when he was in Corinth. And y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I understand. So, so what happens? Of course, money comes into the discussion, right? If you start accusing folks or people start getting accused, a lot of times money will drive that accusation, and it's no different here. Money comes into the discussion. And Paul says, you know, he tells him here, forgive me this wrong. And I think he was probably, probably a little bit of sarcasm there. I mean, I'll just tell you. But he says, if I err here, to please forgive me. You know, I, I just thought some people are just never going to be satisfied that are lost. Okay? And we, as, as, you know, and, and I don't know. But, and, and maybe, a, maybe a better way to say it is some people will always look to bring up any frivolous point to attempt to make their position right when, in fact, there's not a bit of truth in it. But they'll still, you know, and again, that, that's what they were doing here. I mean, a frivolous thing. Well, and, and think about how worldly of a comment that is. 
You think about all these, all this stuff that's going on around us today, all the, the, the false teachers, the false preachers, so-called, I don't even want to call them preachers, really, false speakers that say they've been called and they haven't been. And what do they, they want? All they care about is money. Money, 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 money. Things never change. That money is evil. And, but anyway, the false apostles in Paul's time, what they were saying is if, it isn't taking, if they're not taking money, if he's not taking money, <laughs> if he's not taking money from, from you, then he can't be an apostle. And I thought, man, is that not the lies that they talk about today? If you don't give us money, you know, then you're, you're probably not going to get blessed. Well, that's not true, right? That's not true. And um, so, again, is that not the world system speaking? And it was speaking how many years ago when Paul was walking around? I hate to tell you, but it hadn't gotten any better. Guarantee you that. It hadn't gotten any better. So, anyway, verses 14 and 15. He says, Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. You ever read that verse and really stop and back up and read it again, what he's saying there? He says, I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Man, that's, I mean, I'll tell you what, the Apostle Paul didn't have an easy road. He didn't have an easy way. I'm sure he had dedicated people around him. We know some of them. Titus, Tim, I mean, we know that. But I'll tell you what, he didn't have an easy way. He didn't have it easy. But here in these verses, can you not see how the love of God was manifested in Paul? He says, I seek not yours, but you. He didn't want their money. He didn't want, he didn't want anything from them. All he wanted from them was to see them be saved, was to see them grow in the grace of God. That's, what he, that's all he was looking for. In um, 1 Corinthians 10, I think it's 33. Let me see. Let me find my, yeah, 1 Corinthians 10, 33. He, he told them this. He said, even as I please all men in all things... And here's the thing, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. I mean, that's all he cared about. I mean, that was his focus. He wasn't trying to get anything from them. I mean, he didn't want anything that they had physically. He didn't want their money. He didn't want their land. He didn't want their possessions. No, what he wanted, he wanted them to see the real value is salvation through Christ Jesus. And is that not... That story hadn't changed. The purpose hasn't changed. That's still the purpose of the gospel, for people to see the, the profit, the purpose for life is to be saved. That's why God created everybody. But people don't, they don't see that. So Paul wanted them to see life's real value, life's real purpose, and that it's salvation through Jesus Christ. And he considered the church, you know, when he talks about the children, and the parents take care of the children. I mean, Paul considered the church to be his responsibility and the believers to be children whom he loved and wanted to see them attain and grow and get the real understanding of what salvation's all about. I mean, there's, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> I've told y'all this before. I thought, you know, I can remember back when I first got saved and I thought, I'm good now. <laughs> 
man, that was just the first step in the right direction. That's all that was. I mean, there is so much more that God wants out of us and wants to give to us. That's the thing. I, I didn't say that right. It's, it's not that he wants something out of us. It's what he wants to give to us. You know, I mean, think about it. He wants to give to us. But in order for him to give to us, all we got to do is let him. You ever think about that? All we got to do is let him. So, anyway. But um, it was not in the world. You know, you think about Corinth, and we've talked about this before, but you think it, it wasn't in all the worldly opportunities that were there in that city. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of wealthy people in that city. There was a lot of sinful people in that city. We know that. But he wanted them to understand that that wasn't the... They could, get, they could have some of that stuff. They could have whatever of it they wanted. But he was trying to get them to understand that's not what the value was. It wasn't in the world system. It wasn't in the city. It was in Christ. That's what he, that's what he was trying to get them to understand. Not anything the city offered couldn't give them that. So, and then in verse 15... I think we truly see the spirit of Christ in Paul. I mean, hear, hear what he says. He says, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? Sounds like, a, exactly, sounds like Jesus Christ, does it not? Our Lord and Savior. I mean, I, that's what I thought about. I mean, because he said in John ten eleven, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And that's basically what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing everything I can to help you understand that you need, you need Christ. That's, that's what he's saying. <laughs> I figure. I figure. <laughs> I figure so. And the fact that he says, I love you, the less I be loved. The more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Man, that's, that's hard. That's hard. You know what? I mean, I, I'm telling you, we're, well, I'll just speak for myself. I have a hard time, you know, when people are difficult. I mean, but you know what? The Lord's worked on me, and, and I pray for him. But, you know, it's hard to love those that are against us. But that's what we got to do. And he will help us to do that when we need to do it, as we need to do it. But... fact that yeah right that's a good point I mean maybe that did cause people some doubt is that what you're getting at I mean could have could have yeah could have that's true let's see so first um, Thessalonians 2 8 let me let me turn back here first Thessalonians 2 8 this is what Paul told the Thessalonians. He said, so being affectionately desirous of you, listen to what he says, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. Now you think, I mean, that's a man that loves, he, he's got the love of Christ in him, he's got the power, the touch of God on him, and he is truly, he's got a caring heart for people. He wants them to, to grow. He cares about them. Um, in Colossians, let me find my spot here. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 29. Well, I, I, like, these, I like these verses, and to me, this, this kind of sums up everything that Paul's trying to tell us, I think, here. He says, 
And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and, unre- and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And here's what he says at the end. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. You know, verse 29, the power of God was present, I think, and y'all may disagree with me, but I think the power of God was present and reflected in no other man, I believe, as it was in the, in the, as it was in the Apostle Paul with the exception of Christ himself when he was on the face of this earth. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the power, of, that, that's the only way he could have done the work and withstood the things that he withstood in preaching the gospel for the Lord. I'm telling you, it was, I mean, amazing. Totally amazing. Only the power of God can do, could do that for him. So. But you know what? I'm so quick to forget, as I said earlier, that same power, same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is right here in each one of us as believers. And he's able, no matter what it is, he's able to get us through. All we got to do is trust him and put our faith in him and stick close to him. That's all we got to do. I'm going to quit this morning.